give a, a quick report of uh, the work in, in Europe and then uh, have my lovely bride come up. Uh, Beto mentioned they've been married 49 years. We've been married 42. This year will be 43 that uh, we've been married. So there's a lot of years of marriage here in that one row. And we hope to impart into you. Uh, one of the things I, I did send to, to Pastor Gabriel this, uh, this morning in my prayer time was we want to pray impartation upon parents, that, that the Lord would bless you. Now, this goes for adult children. I think we live in a society that's having to deal with adult children living at home or perhaps in a, in a different place that are not saved, and we're concerned. We're concerned for them. Uh, parents who are raising uh, their grandchildren and so many aspects of parenting that uh, can't be covered in, in a one session here tonight. So that's the reason we want to pray. We can pray that the Lord would bless you and help you and, uh, and uh, be able to do the things that God has called you to do. Uh, I returned from Europe just a, a few weeks ago. I was uh, privileged to uh, minister in four countries. Uh, our base there is Romania, and uh, God did a good work in Romania. While I was there, I was able to go into Ukraine and uh, minister there. There is a war. It's a deadly war. Uh, no joke. Uh, wars, uh, the, the war has soldiers everywhere. Uh, missiles are falling. People are dying. Every church I went to, it's uh, filled with widows. Uh, there's um, uh, men. Uh, my brother, uh, you know, directed to men in Ukraine. If you're the age between the 16 and 60, you have to fight. You, they, and if you're not there, they pull you out of the cars and they give you a summons. And then if you don't uh, report to duty, uh, then you pay the consequence. And so uh, it was a real honor being in Ukraine and connected with them. Uh, my, after my time in Ukraine and went back to Romania, I went into Turkey uh, to the epicenter of the earthquake. How many know of, of that? If you don't know, you ought to pay attention a little bit more on that. But the epicenter, uh, we went to Antioch, uh, the border of Syria, and uh, complete devastation. There's nothing, folks, nothing, no, nothing, no water, no electricity, no buildings, nothing, no roads, nothing, complete devastation. And so we were able to go there and, and to share with Muslims, uh, Muslims in great need uh, in Turkey. And so it was a real honor. It, it was a rough trip uh, because there's nothing to do. You, you can't stay anywhere. And so, you know, we went and we, we were out, uh, I told my wife, 24, 26 hours on the go and just trying to help people, praying with people. And so uh, your support for us has enabled us to do that. I was also able to go to England. And uh, if I have time, I'll share the testimony of what God did, the miracle there in England with Pastors Morris and Chichi. Uh, and uh, just a great, great thing there in London and what God is doing. I was really honored. And so, but I was, I was glad to come home and, uh, and to be with my wife, I bear the cross every time I leave. Uh, people have asked me, did, did Belinda go with you? I wouldn't take my wife into a war zone. You know, I just wouldn't do that. You know, and Eastern Europe is engulfed in war, whether you know that. From, from the Baltic Sea to the Black Sea, uh, it's filled with, with just uh, uh, a tense moment. And, uh, and what can happen between the United States and China and, uh, and Russia, and if you're not praying for that, you ought to pray. You, you may not even feel the effect until it reaches your doorstep, but it's a real thing, folks, and, and it does exist, and families are being torn apart, you know, and thank God you're teaching on parenting. I thought about this when my son mentioned what he was doing, and I thought, how do you, how do you help parents when they're in the midst of war, when they're in the midst, you know, of, of uh, nothing? There's nothing in, in Turkey, you know, and, and, and what's happened there with the earthquakes, and 
And so uh, I just thank God that you're here tonight and that the freedom we have in America, can you say amen? What a, what a blessing that we can come together like this. And so we do want to share a few things uh, and the thought of parenting. And so I've asked my wife to just put together some thoughts. Uh, and uh, when, when I got saved, Melinda was in church already. And in the beginning, she, uh, she just imparted so much into me. And uh, her parents, Danny and Linda, that are here. Uh, matter of fact, the first uh, people I ever saw pray over their food was Danny and Linda. I went to see her on my day off, and I was ready to jump in. And then they were ready to eat. And, and they said, no, no, we pray. I go, pray? <laughs> you know, I was ready to eat. You know, and they prayed. And, and uh, it just uh, it really blessed me. And so, honey, would you come up and share what's in your heart concerning parenting? And uh, <clears throat> I met her when she was 17. And uh, we got married when she was 18. And so we've been together for a few years now. <laughs> Let me move this. Okay. Um, just a little bit taller than me. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but I just wanted to share a couple thoughts in that, you know, many times when you have children, um, they, you, we think they don't come with a manual, right? They, nobody tells you what your kid's going to be like. But, you know, the Lord really did give us a manual. It's called the Holy Bible. And for many of us, before we get saved, we have no clue what we're doing. And, you know, just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to burst your bubble, but we have no clue what we're doing. We don't know how to raise children. We have heartbreak in our own hearts from our childhood. Some of us, um, I was the child of a teenager. I, uh, my mom, Sister Mancha, yes, Sister Mancha, <laughs> was, uh, was a teenager when I was born. So I was a little bit privileged in that I grew up with my grandparents as well as my mom and my aunt and my uncle. And they really all basically raised me. Um, I was, everybody, the, the rest of the family thought I was the favorite of the grandparents because I lived with them. It wasn't that, it's just that they knew me more. Um, but. In growing up as the child of a teenager, there were times when I couldn't be a kid. I had to be the adult. Because even though it seems like it, Sister Mancha wasn't always a Christian. And that was really hard. And I just want to share with you in Psalms, 127.3, I believe. Can you bring me my Bible, honey? I'm, I'm sorry, I left it over there on the seat. 127.3. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I believe it's first. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. We don't think that a lot of times. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. 
How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. In biblical days, if you didn't have, if you did not have children, if you did not have a son, um, you were considered in need. You were considered an outcast. That was kind of a curse shown on, on your life. But what's happened to us in our time is that we see children as a curse. We see being a parent as really uh, something that just happens. It just happens. And we don't see it for the gift that it is. And many times, our kids suffer for that. We can hardly wait till they start to walk so we don't have to carry them. We can hardly wait till they go to school so they're gone most of the day. And then we have to go pick them up and we have to fight the crowds. And then we have to deal with their homework and help them. And oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I don't have time to do my nails and my makeup. I have to clean the house. I have to take care of them. And we forget that they are a gift from the Lord. And becoming a parent becomes a burden instead of a pleasure as what God would like it to be. Why do we think that God calls himself the Heavenly Father? That we can relate to him as a father. If we've had a bad example of a dad, we don't have a good example of what God is. Right? Is that, is that true? We forget how much God loves us when we're going through those hard times with our children. As a parent, it's not easy, but it's a wonderful reward. When you've had the worst day, tell me if this is not true. Moms, dads, You've had the worst day with them. They've driven you nuts. They've gone in and done stuff and gotten into stuff they shouldn't have gotten into. And I can tell you some stories about a certain somebody, but I won't um, yet, but might. Um, and uh, they just drive you nuts. And then it's like, okay, it's their bedtime. They're taking a bath. They're going to bed. And then the moment that they're asleep, it's like, oh, I miss them. They're so cute. Look at them sleeping. Oh my gosh. Don't wake them up. Don't wake them up. But oh my gosh, they're so cute. Nice and clean and in their beds. Parenting swings us. It's a pendulum. goes back and forth. Day after day after day. Psalms 112. You know, when we read the word of God, he really does help us to understand the fullness of what he has for us as his people and as his children. And I don't know if you guys know this. I, I, I just hope not to hurt anybody's feelings. But if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your personal Lord and Savior, and don't have a personal relationship with him, which is his full desire, you are not his child. We hear people in the world, oh, God's children, everybody's God's children. God loves everybody. Yes, he loves everybody, but he didn't sacrifice Jesus so that they, the sinner 
the, the pedophile, the murderer, the, the, the person that is horrible, the gossiper, could be his child too without accepting Jesus. That's not true. That is unbiblical. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are not God's child. You are as of the, cho- the, the father, the devil. That's what Jesus said. Okay, that's just for free. <clears throat> um, Psalm 112, verse 1 and 2. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. When we are parents as Christians, our job is to raise our children for for the Lord, to help them to know who God is, to understand who God is, to have a personal relationship with Jesus. That is our job. We are raising them for the Lord. We think that they're just, just happened and just, you know, they were just born out of mere suggestion. But God has a plan for them. And as a parent, it is our duty to protect them, to cover them, to help them to know who Jesus is, to tell them how much Jesus loves them and the plan that he, and the purpose that he has for them. It is not to assume. Uh, somebody said this once. When you spell the word assume, A-S-S-U-M-E, it is exactly what people think and what people, it, it's, it makes an ass out of you and me when we assume, okay? We can't assume that just because we bring them to church for an hour a week that they're going to know who Jesus is. That's not going to happen. You know who's going to help them know who Jesus is? You are. You know the example that they're looking at on how to serve God? You, their parents. You know how they get affected at school and they come home? And if you've been affected by the world that day and your children have been affected by the world that day, guess who comes in with them and with you into your house? Oh, the devil. The little tiny demons that come into attack. You as a parent, it is your job to raise your children for the Lord. To help them to know who God is. Don't forget them. Don't think that they're fine. They don't need to know. You know, when you have discussions with your wife or your husband, when you're having a discussion, guess who's trying to listen? Guess who's trying to know, are we safe? Are we okay? Because sometimes discussions can get loud and can be scary for them. As parents, we don't realize the devil's out there and he's wanting to kill our children. He's wanting to take their precious souls to hell. We think that 
oh, they'll be fine, no big deal. They can have these types, you know, their friends are okay. It's not a problem, they'll be fine. No, they won't be. You as a parent need to guard their hearts and their lives. You need to guard their souls by your prayers. And husband and wife, the Bible says, where two agree on anything, it shall be done. You need to pray together for your children. They are important. They are who God gave you to raise for him first and foremost. They didn't ask to be born. The Lord blessed you with them. Don't forget what he's done for you. Another scripture I'd like to read really quickly. Uh, I believe it is. Okay, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. A lot of people think that that means that, oh, you bring them to church, and they hear at church. Um, how many have ever trained somebody for a job? Like you have a job, and you've trained other people for your job. Uh, what did you have to do to train them? You had to be with them. You had to spend time with them. You had to show them exactly what to do. You had to show them, even when they made a mistake, you had to help them to fix that mistake. And you had to spend a number of hours with them. And some of you are probably, even the ones you've trained, they still come to you and ask you about things, I'm sure, because we're not perfect and we don't remember everything. But when the Bible says train up a child, that's exactly what God means. Train them up, spend time with them, show them, tell them, help them to know. The whole thought, back to Psalms, please, 78. Being a parent is more than just in a name. And no matter what the world says, you have a responsibility to your child to raise them the best way that you can. And in understanding that they are a gift from the Lord, that way is in God's word is helping them to know who the Lord God of heaven is, not who the best singer on stage is. Psalm 78, 5 through 7. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, parents, mothers, that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children, that they should put their confidence in God 
and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit is not faithful to God. God's given us a mandate as parents to raise our children for him. That's one of the things that I have always felt in my heart that was important for my children. That at the age of 12, sixth grade, right? Is that the last, the last year you guys went? Um, we put them in homeschool after that because the schools, we didn't want to send them to schools and we couldn't afford really to send them to private school. So the thought was, okay, we're gonna just put them in homeschool and teach them at home. And they did very well. They did very well with that. Um, there was a change in their attitude because we didn't put them there. They weren't as influenced by the world while they were at home. And I'm not telling you what to do with your children's education. If you pray and the Lord deals with you about it, do what the Lord tells you, whatever that may be. But don't think that the enemy is not waiting to get a hold of your kids. Because I'm here to tell you right now, if you don't fight for them, he's going to take them. And that fighting is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you sleep. It's going to cost you your entertainment. It's going to cost you some funds where you're not going to be able to buy everything you want to buy. Or you're not going to be able to spend money that the way you want to spend it. Just because you need to care for your children and not in a, in a partial manner. This is, it's not until they turn 18. It's not until they turn 21 or 25 and get out of college. This, what you're training them now and helping them to know now is for all eternity. Eternity is a long, long time. It's much longer. It's much longer than our lifespan. And what we've got to teach them is the word of God. We've got to teach them about Jesus. You know, another thing we don't do as parents sometimes is we don't tell them our testimony we don't tell them what Jesus did for us. We don't tell them that he saved us and what he saved us from. You know why? Because we're ashamed. And that locks out. That locks out them understanding how great God is. It just locks it out because we haven't shared that with them. You can tell them in an age-appropriate manner. You don't have to you know, tell them everything, but just that mommy didn't know Jesus and mommy didn't have a good life and it was really bad, but because we have Jesus in our hearts now, he's blessing us and helping us, and I'm so glad that he gave you to mommy. I'm so glad he gave you to daddy because they're important. The world tells them they're not. The world tells them if you don't have these shoes, you're not good, ooh, you're poor. The world tells them if you don't have this haircut, 
you're not pretty, you're not handsome. The world tells them if they're not, if they don't have this or they don't know that, that they're not worthy, that they're not worth anything, and that's not true. I want to tell you, and I want to encourage you guys, take up the sword of the Spirit. Fight the enemy for your children. Pray for, over them. Pray with them. Pray for them. It's not hard, but it is going to cost you something. I want to encourage you, look, read your word. Let the Lord and the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Let him tell you how to do it. And you know what? You'll find out. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and tell you things about your kids. He'll tell you what they need. He'll tell you what they're going through. He'll tell you why they're hurt or why they're angry. And it's not a bad thing to tell them you're sorry when you've hurt their feelings, when you've yelled at them and it wasn't their fault. I remember one time, don't tell Pastor Munch I told you this, I think he'll get mad at me. But um, my sister, um, we were at home and my parents had gone to the grocery store. So my sister called my grandmother and my uncle was there. So my sister was, um, she was just calling to talk to Nana because she wanted her to buy her something, or I don't know what. But anyway, my uncle was there, and so he got the phone. He was like, what do you mean? What do you mean they're beating you? What do you mean they're hurting you? What do you mean you, that they left you at home, okay? So my grandmother thinks my uncle, we're actually telling my uncle that stuff. And um, she gets so angry. She gets so angry. So I don't know what happened. I guess my mom and dad stopped by my grandmother's house. And she go, went off on them. What are you doing here? You've left the kids. What's wrong with you? And they're being hurt and beat up or whatever. And so when they get home, my dad, Brother Mancha, but don't tell him, remember, don't tell him. Brother Mancha comes in the room, and I'm in there. I have no idea what's happened. I have no idea what's going on. But he comes in the room, and so we're waiting for them to come home to go down and help bring the groceries in. And he comes in, and I get a spanking. I get a spanking. What do you mean telling your grandmother that stuff, and what did you call her that for? And I said, what are you talking about? I didn't do anything. Sid was talking to Nana, but she, Uncle Mo wouldn't give her the phone. And he goes, what do you mean you told her that? I said, no, I didn't. I didn't. Honest. Ask her, call her. I didn't. So they ended up calling my, um, my uncle. They believe me, I guess. And uh, my uncle admitted that he just made up everything. So I got in trouble and got spanked for no reason. So, yeah, well, maybe you should tell him. <laughs> But our kids need us because it's sometimes it's not their fault. It's ours. I just want to encourage you. Seek the Lord over them because they're more important than we think. It's not just to get them out of high school. It's not just to get them out of college. It's not just to get them out of our house. 
It's for all eternity that we are raising them for and for the purpose and the plan that God has for their lives. Don't forget them. Fight for them. Fight for them. Fight for them. Because the devil is fighting, and it, obviously, at this point in time, we see a lot of kids that he's winning, that he's taking. And we don't want that for our kids. We don't want that for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, those yet to be born. We're not fighting just for them now. We're fighting for a whole future for all of the children. Be the parent God is calling you to be. Be the mom, be the dad that you know the Lord is asking of you to be. And it may cost us something, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's so much more, so much more than we could ever imagine. I am so grateful that the Lord has saved my son, saved my daughter, caused them to serve him because that's my goal. That was my goal, that they would know and serve the Lord, that his will for their lives would be done. That was my prayer. God bless you guys. I uh, am looking at the time, so I guess we have about four hours, right? <laughs> We'll, we'll be careful with the time. I know that um, some of you probably would, would rise early to go to work, and um, I guess, are kids still in school here? Is that right? School's still in? And so I don't know what time the kids go to school, but uh, I do want to share uh, some thoughts and then, um, you know, ask our brother to come up and strum the guitar and, uh, and then to take time to pray for people. Uh, but uh, I do want to deposit into your spirit what I believe God's put in me and, uh, and read from the Bible uh, some, some verses, and then uh, begin to pray for the things that uh, my brother Bethel shared with men, and then uh, what Melinda shared concerning parenting in our children. Uh, but I want to take you to the scriptures in the New Testament in 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, and I want to read from verse 1 down to verse number 5. Uh, this is uh, prophetically that uh, uh, Paul was writing to the church, and uh, he writes to Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor. Uh, and, and I think of Timothy, and I think of uh, you folks, you know, and, and uh, Timothy was a young pastor, and he, and he was leading a young church. Uh, Paul had passed on the, the, the baton, and uh, he took over the church there and, and, uh, and, uh, in Ephesus, and it says this in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, But know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, and having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such, the Bible says, turn away. Now, there's much to unpack. Uh, if you want to take time to study and to really uh, capture what this prophetic word is giving, because uh, take note of it that, that in verse number one, uh, it, it's declaring to you and I, the church, that dangerous times will come. And, and so uh, I want to draw your attention to verse number three for, for a few minutes here. And uh, Paul writes and he says that they'll be without natural affection. The, the list that you read in 2 Timothy chapter three is a list of the, what the Bible is prophesying that would deteriorate families. 
that would literally assault a, a parenting. As a matter of fact, you read it with I, that the day would come that they would be disobedient to parents, right? And that what you read? Say amen. Right? And that what you read in the Bible? So that's exactly what we read. But uh, it's a time also that uh, it's a word of a prophecy that uh, draws us closer to the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, when we see these things happening, we know that Jesus Christ is coming back. So in verse number 3, uh, he, he points that out. He said, they will be without natural affection. When you study that out in its original Greek, and I hope you do when you go home, if you have uh, uh, study material at home or you can pull it up online, but, but uh, I want to uh, you know, uh, encourage you, be careful what you get online. I heard someone say, it's true, I saw it online. No, it's not, amen? <laughs> not everything you read online is true. Come on, somebody, say amen. Uh, but in its original Greek, it means this. It means a lack of devotion and a commitment to one's family. Let me, let me drop that into you again. Without natural affection, in its original transcript, its original Greek, it means this. It means having a lack of devotion or commitment to your family. So when we read what the Bible is telling you and I, uh, it comes, brings us to understanding that uh, i got to be careful in the time that I'm living in. Folks, uh, the fact is not all of us have come out of biblical parenting. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm here with my brother. We can tell you our dad was not a Christian. Uh, uh, he was not uh, raised as a Christian. He didn't raise us as Christians. Uh, uh, we, didn't, we didn't come from that environment. Uh, and so when we talk about without natural affection, we're talking about coming from a dysfunctional home home, a home that's unloving, a home that is uncaring, a home uh, that is unnurturing, a home uh, that has no family environment. Uh, and so many of us, if you come out of an environment like that, uh, chances are you can better understand uh, the scriptures when it says uh, that the day will come uh, that families will be without natural affection. Worst things that you can hear about uh, are our grandfathers uh, 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 molesting little girls or, or, or fathers uh, uh, forsaking families or abandoning homes. Uh, and we look at the Bible and we understand that when it comes to the traditional family and the relationships they're in, folks, they may exist in abundance, but the truth is that all of us here tonight are challenged with the schedules of life. We're challenged with multiple jobs in one home, divorce, and other assaults on the family, kids living from separately with parents, one moment here, next moment there. And if you're here and you have multiple cars, chances are you travel separately. Uh, one goes this way and one goes that way. Uh, at most churches, people arrive in different vehicles uh, because of the way their lifestyles are. And so there's a separation uh, in society, separation in the home. Uh, and so when Paul prophesied uh, and he said, I want you to be careful and I want you to be aware that the day will come uh, that people will be without natural affection. Oh, God, forgive us. If this isn't enough that assaults the family, then we have, uh, uh, you know, multiple, uh, you know, media devices. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I go through airports a lot, go through airports, everyone's on a phone. Uh, you know, uh, and nowadays, uh, husbands and wives, they text each other from one bedroom to, to the kitchen, you know. Uh, instead of just going over there and talking, uh, can you come over here? You know, no, I can't. Uh, text me back, amen. You know what I'm talking about, amen. Uh, nowadays, everybody has their own television. Uh, there's a television everywhere, even in the toilet, uh, and if they don't have a television, they got the phone, amen. Uh, and they're in there saying, are you done? Are you done? Uh, you know, uh, and they're on Facebook or wherever they're at. Uh, and the fact is uh, that when it comes to this now generation, uh, you and I can read the Bible and understand that the Lord said the days will come uh, that they will be so dangerous uh, that families will be without natural affection. Families live in a house uh, together, but they don't share meals together. 
Families live in a house together, uh, and often the meals are separated. Uh, Ephesians 3.15 reads this. Uh, it says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Family troubles have contributed, folks, uh, greatly to children in rebellion. Family troubles have contributed greatly to children feeling neglected uh, and unwanted. Uh, parenting, as my wife mentioned, doesn't come with a manual, uh, but thank God for the Holy Word of God. Can you say amen? Uh, thank God we can read the Bible like we did tonight, uh, and, uh, and there is hope. I want to take you to, uh, to a story here. You can come up, brother. I want you to strum the guitar because I really want to pray for people, amen, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and everything that Beto and, uh, shared. Uh, you, you know, he talked about men. You, you know, you understand something about men in this gender-driven society that's so confused. Uh, listen to me, folks. Uh, uh, men have the seed uh, of reproduction. Women do not. That's why uh, it, it cannot work. Same-sex marriage cannot work uh, because the fact is uh, that only men can reproduce. They carry the seed of life, uh, and that's why God assaults, uh, or rather the enemy assaults men. Uh, that's why most churches are, have more women than men uh, because men are assaulted because he knows uh, that if he can knock out the man, uh, the seed of reproduction will never happen. And so we want to pray for men tonight. Can you say amen? We want to pray that God will bless them. But here is a story in, in, in Luke chapter number 15. And you can strum there whenever you're ready, brother. And, and, uh, and if you want to come up with the drums, that's fine. Amen. Uh, one day you're going to have a full band up here. Hallelujah. I look forward to that day. Amen. Luke 15 is the story of the prodigal son. And what a story it is, folks. Uh, uh, the, the word prodigal means reckless. Uh, it, it means uh, somebody who is wasteful. And so uh, we don't have time to read the story, but you can make a note of it and you can read it when you go home because thank God for a living home. And, and you can't find a better story concerning parenting than in Luke 15. Now, if you start to study out that, the, those scriptures, uh, there's a few things that jump out. Number one, and that is that this son wanted his, what was his possession. According to Jewish culture and custom, uh, uh, you, you, if you did something like that while your dad was alive, that was an abomination. It was a desecration uh, concerning Jewish law. You weren't to receive your inheritance until your father had passed away and it passed on. But because he did what he did, uh, it was disgraceful. It probably embarrassed dad. And, and uh, if you read the story, he said, no, I want what's mine. And, and uh, he took off. And how many are familiar with the story of the prodigal son? Amen. He took off and he, he lived riotously, the Bible says, in a wasteful way. Uh, but the father never, never gave up hope. And it's a biblical picture uh, of parenting. A parenting and bringing our kids to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And folks, we're not in no way excusing parental responsibilities that have been neglected. If you're not spending time with your kids, as you heard my wife and Pastor Vettel, if you're not doing that, then, then you know, that's on you. you got to figure this thing out. But, but in this great story that we read about and the unfortunate outcome of this young man, that ultimately he lifts his eyes to heaven and he says, man, I, I, I left something that was so good. I remember, you know, years back and, you know, our, our, our other son, Tito, you know, that uh, he told me when he, I guess he's going to turn 18. I don't even remember this uh, gobble. And Tito told me, Dad, when I turn 18, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go out. I want to do what I want to do. I go, uh, he says, you know, I want to do this and that. I said, son, you can do whatever you want. It's your life, son. You can do whatever you want. We want, raised you. You know what to do. I said, but if you want to live the way you're going to live, you're not going to live here. So you go ahead and do what you want to do. Now, I'm saying that to tell you, sometimes in parenting, you're going to have to make rough decisions. I remember I, I, I told Tito, do whatever you want to do, son. And, and, and see, he, he thought about it. And he came back. He says, no, I'm going to stay here. You know, I, he says, I think I got it made here. I go, you do. Amen. I, I go, don't be a tonto, man. What's wrong with you? Your name's going from Tito to tonto, man. And so uh, he didn't. 
and uh, I, I, we were grateful. And, and uh, he, he's the one that really helped me when we started to work in, in, in Europe uh, back in 2005. Uh, I want you to listen to this commentator. God has not abandoned us to these turbulent times. We have the Word of God as our instructional manual. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, our mentor and guide, and we have each other. Brothers and sisters of the Christian community who we can lean on and call upon for support and help when it is needed. We, we don't know your need. You know, you may be struggling in your marriage or you're, you're teaching on parenting, but sometimes it's more than that. It's, it's money. You know, it's communications. Yolanda mentioned that, you know, and, and communicating with each other. Uh, sometimes it's even more than that. It's, it's infidelities that are going on and, and uh, looking at things you shouldn't be looking at or, or speaking of things you shouldn't be speaking. And, and God wants to help us here tonight uh, to have a biblical parenting in our lives uh, in a presence that's, that's willing to, to mature and willing to have a quality decision to be able to set time aside with the family. I was reading of a businessman who, who was at his desk and, and at home and, and he was doing his work at home. And as he was doing his work, his, his little daughter came and, and uh, you know, I remember me at my desk and my sons always wanting to play when I was at the desk studying. And Melinda remembers that. And, and uh, they would play right at the, at, you know, as I was doing my studies, you know, for sermons or whatever it was. And I thought of this businessman as, as he was at his desk and, and he was doing his work and his little girl came by and, and he looked at his little girl and, and he said, he said, honey, I, I'm too busy right now. And so she popped her head up and she said, too busy for me? I think sometimes, folks, if we don't take time for our children in parenting and understand this story in Luke chapter number 15 and understand that this father, we have no evidence of how good he was as a father. We have no evidence except this one thing is that he was a loving father. He had so much love in him that he saw his son coming from a distance and he ran to him. I think years back we heard a Christian song that's the only time in the Bible that we see where God ran that he ran to his son. He went after his boy. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you have hope in Christ. That you can say, you know what, uh, maybe I haven't done all things correctly. In, in Psalm uh, chapter number 112, verse 1 and 2, it says, Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying, obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. I want you to stand with me. I want you to put your hand over your heart. I want to say a prayer, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Beto and Yolanda and my lovely bride, Melinda, to come up. And we're going to stand up here, and we're going to pray for some of you. We want to lay hands on you. We want to impart on you. Uh, you know, uh, he mentioned how, how long they've been married. Uh, we, we've had our own challenges. We've been on the mission trail. Uh, you know, we, went, we left uh, 1984. We moved out of Los Angeles to start a church, uh, and uh, we've been, you know, out planting churches and doing mission work and having to raise our children in, in, in environments. Uh, I remember taking Gabriel when we were in the Dominican Republic and, and to do a, a crusade and, and uh, the, the, the Dominicans are by nature black because uh, it was African slaves that went to the Dominican Republic and, and I remember taking him uh, over there and, and when I, I remember Melinda didn't want me to take him but I took him over there and everybody was touching him uh, because he, he wasn't black you know and, and uh, I remember I asked Pastor Antonio, I said, hey, que pasa? You know, and he tells me, well, your son you know, está bien muerito. You know, he tells me uh, he doesn't work in the sugar canes. He doesn't have the hard life uh, uh, like the other children that are cutting, you know, the canes in the fields, you know. And, and some of those children uh, would, would miss and they would 
they would cut their legs off uh, and uh, they would they would hop around you know cutting canes uh, and uh, I think of that and I, and I think of those years in my life and, and I think of how God took care of us and even when we left the Dominican and a, and a revolution broke out and, and we were leaving and Melinda remembers this clearly that we were trying to get out but but everybody's trying to leave the country because there was a there was chaos in the country uh, and we went to uh, uh, to the to the airport and we got to the airport and, and to me and Melinda our three children I don't know how Gabriel was uh, uh, he was a baby and I remember uh, we tried to check in and get a, a flight out to America and uh, they, they told us well we can take you and your wife but your kids have to go another plane and, and I thought to myself, you know, Melinda, she goes, no, no, we're not doing that. And there was these young guys sitting, uh, standing next to us, and they overheard us. Uh, and uh, they, they, they said, listen, they said, uh, they can have our seats. And I remember, you know, Melinda, you know, cried, and we all flew out together as a family. Folks, God will be there when you need him. He'll always be there when you need him. And like the prodigal father, you can lift up your eyes and you can run towards God. Uh, and you can say, you know, I know he's going to help me because I'm here. Listen, you, you, you may not be perfect, but you're here. Hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes. Put your hand over your heart. Heavenly Father, we commit our families to you today. For like Joshua, we declare and decree, as for us, our homes and our families, we shall serve the Lord. Say amen. So today we pray for new beginnings. We pray concerning our parenting for our precious children. We confess that we fall short of your glory. And apart from you, O God of Israel, we can do nothing. So we come humbly and boldly before your throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Give us mercy, O Lord, uh, to help us in this time of need uh, as we parent all of our children. Uh, we commit all this to you today in Jesus' blessed name. And everybody said, uh, Amen and Amen. Now lift up your hands towards heaven. I want you to say this with me. Hey, say, Heavenly Father. Say it, Heavenly Father. I confess my sins. I ask for your forgiveness. I open my heart and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In his name, I pray for the Holy Ghost. Fill me now, Father, in Jesus' blessed name. Now begin to lift up your prayer.